What a day. What a day. I'm jealous of you sipping your coffee, having just woken up. Uh, well, so far, not a whole lot has gone terribly wrong. So, Oh, that's good. That's good for it's, you. It can only go downhill from here. Well, okay, let's start. Uh, Jimmy, this episode is coming out on Valentine's Day. Yeah, we messed up. We should have had... fucked up. We should have had my Valentine's episode on Valentine's Day. We did a and bad... It, it didn't occur to either of us. I, I'm kind of hmm. disappointed in us. I am too. I don't know that I'm like disappointed enough to do anything about it. <laughs> but... I will say, uh-huh. uh, I think my Valentine, the character, uh, would be happy that she didn't have her episode on Valentine's Day because I feel like she would probably get a lot of jokes about it. Yeah, probably. I bet having the last name Valentine on Valentine's Day is kind of like having your birthday on Christmas. Yeah, and like going like around her daily li- life around Valentine's Day, people will just come up to her and be like, "Will you be my Valentine?" And she'll be like, "Fuck off." <laughs> I bet <laughs> yes, she gets I that will all be the time. my Valentine today and every day. <laughs> no, today's the one day I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Judith. uh but anyway yeah so this episode is coming out on valentine's day so for (laughs) all of you who are out on a out on a hot date and you you take them back to your place and you say hey you want to listen to my favorite podcast (laughs) it's about two guys watching the children's (laughs) television show Yu-Gi-Oh. god okay what is the over under on people having sex while listening to our voices do not, do not come to us on social media and tell you tell us about it. Come do to not. us on social media and tell us the Christ exact the moment Lord, that no. you and your partner achieve climax during this episode. Okay, tag Tyler. Don't tag me. <laughs> At Compi Sando, tag me. I want to know. I want to know these things. Uh anyway, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Uh, I, I really hope that you Day. have a. A, a wonderful and blessed day, uh, whether you are uh, single or or with a Valentine or don't give a crap. Uh, it's Friday, so do what you want. It's Friday, baby. Uh, did you see? Speaking of Friday, did you see Rebecca Black has a new single out? Uh, I didn't know she had a new single out. I haven't listened I to know it she yet, but she's a serious on, artist now, and I I'm think Twitter very into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like. All the like abuse that she went through from that like predatory production company that made her make Friday, yep, kind of messed up. Yeah, because she was just a little kid. Yep, not super and, little, but you know, you know, young teens. But, yeah, and it turns out making a being a literal meme in your teens is kind of the worst. What a disaster! So yeah. everybody go support Rebecca Black uh, because. Just because, let's 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 make up the last decade to her. <laughs> <laughs> because of the wonderful things she does. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's start this episode.
It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 32, Let the Finals Begin! Pack it up, pack it in. Get ready, let the finals begin. <laughs> uh, what a thrilling episode, Jimmy. What a thrilling episode. Uh, so much happens in this episode. But also not not much. But also not much yeah. happens. <laughs> it's a perfect episode in that way. I feel like this episode, like, the things that actually happened could be summed up in, like, one sentence. But, mm-hmm. uh... They made an episode out of it, and now we're, we're going to make spend an episode next out of two that. hours. <laughs> uh, before we talk about it, I wanted to run something past you. Fans of the show uh, may remember this is this is something that comes up every like couple of months, where my mind wanders and I think back to the idea of a Yu Gi Oh themed tabletop role playing game, mm-hmm. you know, a la Dungeons and Dragons. I had been working on a thing for a while that I think I pitched to you like Dungeons six months ago monsters. or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck. No, Duke already made that one, I think. Uh, I, I remember pitching Dungeons something to you a while ago. Ooh, there, I all like that. All the monsters that. are Duke Devlin. I'd play that game. Oops, that's, all Duke. That's, that's just asking for fan art, really. Uh, I, I've been thinking about it and I didn't think the mechanics of what I had had pitched you like six months ago were quite right. I had originally wanted to make a powered by the apocalypse game. Mm -hmm. And I know the Venn diagram for this is going to be just like super slim. So please feel free to skip ahead or whatever. I had originally pitched a, a powered by the apocalypse game, uh, which is similar to like, well, apocalypse world, uh, dungeon world, uh, the sprawl monster of the week games that we like. Mm hmm. But it didn't quite feel right. And so I was thinking about it and thinking about it and tossing and turning last night. And I realized, oh, what if I made it instead of Powered by the Apocalypse? What if I changed the system and used the Forged in the Dark uh, system? Are you familiar with this? Is that the same system as like Blades in the Dark? Or it's exactly the, the same. Yeah, okay. yeah. So it's so it's, so it's based on Blades in the Dark, uh, a game by... X item in the Dark. <laughs> right uh john harper i believe am i just insert wrong? your own item right <laughs> uh well there's a, there's a bunch of games that are sort of based on the series and and they're called forged in the dark um and it's games like i actually have a list here scum and villainy girl by moonlight band of blades um i've been listening to a podcast called friends at the table they're playing a game that's a forged in the dark game called oh golly i'm spacing on it now what is it called? Beam Saber. It's called Beam Saber. It's uh, effectively a, a mech game, kind of like Lancer that you're mm. familiar with, Jimmy. Uh, and it's a really cool system. And what it does is it really abstracts a lot of the things that I was having trouble with and trying to figure out what does a Yu-Gi-Oh! tabletop role-playing game look like. Specifically, one of the things is, was I was trying to figure out how do you do cards? How do you... How do you have a Yu-Gi-Oh role-playing game where you don't physically sit down with a deck of Yu-Gi-Oh cards and or play you don't Yu-Gi-Oh have to as like part of the game? Duel a game within a game. Right, exactly. Every time I didn't you want to want do that. anything. And so what what Blades in the Dark does that's really cool and what what Beam Saber does that's really cool is you can pick as you go out on a mission, you can pick your like loadout basically. And you don't have to pick specific items. You can just say I am packing light I am packing, you know, medium or I'm packing heavy. 
And that gives you a certain range, a certain amount of items that you can just say, oh, yeah, I've had this on me the whole time. So you can kind of you can kind of summon things at will. Right. Uh But if you're going in heavy, people are going to see that and they're going to see, oh, he's, you know, armed to the gills with whatever it ends up being. Rocket launchers or whatever. Right. Exactly. And if you go light, you can be more successful being stealthy, that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. So I was thinking, what if we took that approach and said, well, I am going to go with a lot of rare cards, uh, or or, you do rarity, rather. So I have a lot of sort of rare cards. I have one ultra rare card. I have no rare cards. And you go in that way, and that determines your sort of threat level, I guess, your, your Kaiba Corp star rating as a duelist for that episode of of the game. And so as you're dueling, quote unquote, we can abstract it out and you can say, okay, well, I'm going to use one of my uh, sort of rarity points to play an ultra rare card that will give me a bonus to this role that will sway this duel in my favor. So the the duels themselves would just be completely abstract. Exactly. Exactly. The other thing that it does is called clocks, uh, which is effectively like, all right, this thing is going to happen eight imaginary ticks of the clock away from now Hmm. and you can either try and stop it before that happens or every time you fuck up or every time you know you do something that that lets it continue i check one tick off the clock and it gets closer to happening for a duel you could just start a clock in the middle so you could say okay this is an eight tick clock right so if it fills up eight times the other person wins Mm -hmm. but if it gets all the way unfilled you win and so the duel is just you doing different actions trying and to trying like different balance things. balance it out. Exactly. Or to Tip move it all the way to your side. And then your your teammates, the rest of your party, can be on the sidelines in their friend roles or whatever, cheering you on and helping giving you buffs and stuff to make the roles easier. So the power of friendship is real. And yeah. the more friends you have, the more buffs you get. Basically. I'm on board. I'd, cool. I'd, if you write this up, I'd be willing to play it. Well, so I wanted to ask you, I'm trying to figure out what the classes for this game should be. I had some ideas previously. <laughs> duelist, but I... duelist, 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 and <laughs> Duke Devlin. <laughs> right. And whatever Taya is, I guess. <laughs> Dancer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I've been trying to figure, the, one of the reasons that I love Blades in the Dark is the class names. Blades in the Dark, the whole setting is like a very like fantasy noir, your criminals and the seedy underbelly of like a pre-industrial town. Uh, and the class names are phenomenal. There is, I have a list here. Oh, I had a list here. One moment. <laughs> the list is, these are these are playbooks that you can play as in Blades in the Dark. Cutter. Hound. Leech. Lurk. Slide. Spider. Whisper. Some of these are just like verbs. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm trying to think of what the classes in a Yu-Gi-Oh role-playing game would be. Let's see. If we base it entirely off of uh, Yugi and the gang, there'd be Mm -hmm. the like chosen one. Okay. I'm going to write this down. Or whatever. Whatever Yu-Gi-Oh is. Whatever Yu-Gi is. Sure. Um, there'd be just like Joey, who'd be... He'd be a duelist, Joey. but he'd be like the scrapper sort of kind of duel. Okay. 
Like the like the underdog. Yeah, the underdog. Okay. Joey would not like that terminology. No, he would hate it, but I think that's why it needs to happen. Tristan would be the muscle. He wouldn't be a duelist. He couldn't be in duels. But he would like stop threats from happening outside the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like uh like Zygor from, yeah. from Bones's group. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh Taya would be like Bard or like lore master because she's the only one who like knows the sk- the stakes of what's going on because everyone else gets into these duels and she's like no there's like actual world changing events that are about to befall us yeah i'm trying to think of what what's a good like verb for that what's a good what's a good name for that yeah the... she, cuz she would be entirely based on keeping everyone else focused and uh like buffing their stats the lens the lens sounds good. Uh, what would Kaiba be? Oh. See, Kaiba isn't really in part of that group, though. He, I feel like Kaiba is another chosen one, just like the flip side. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. Um, Yeah. Okay, I guess well, let's... Mai might be a class, and she would yeah, be what, like... Yeah, what would the... Mai be? The transport. Ooh, there you go. All right. How about Grandpa? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. He would have to be like... I feel like Grandpa wouldn't be a PC. He would have to be a DM PC. Okay, would like that's fair. Spout exposition the when you need him. The knower things, yeah. He'd be like the DM stand-in. If you have questions about a card or like an ancient prophecy, you would just call up Grandpa, who's like a card-playing Egyptologist, and he'd be like... Oh, the winged staff of Ra. I know all about that. Here, let me tell you about it. There you go. Okay, I like that. But in exchange, you have to come over so I can cook you dinner. <laughs> That's what happens if I'm you so fail lonely. the role. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right, cool. Well, that, that gives me enough to work with. I'm going to start working on this uh, eventually, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, put but, it in your But I, I just wanted to like... If anybody listening has thoughts or feelings about what a Yu-Gi-Oh! role-playing game might look like, please uh, reach out and let's chat about it. Is it time? I think it's time. Do you want to do you want to talk about this episode? Let's talk about the episode. All right. It's time to discuss the episode. Jimmy, this week, as I said, we are discussing Season 2, Episode 32, Let the Finals Begin! The translated title for this episode is really good. I really enjoy it. The translated title from Japanese is Battleship Takes Off. Spoilers. Not battleship, mind you. Two words. Battleship. It's a ship for battling on. Right. The summary is the Battle City Finals draw to a beginning with... (laughs) Fuck, sorry. This is the first time I've read these. (laughs) Draw to a beginning? What? (laughs) The Battle City Finals draw to a beginning with triple deception. Merrick's servant, Odeon, is assuming his name. Merrick acts like a friend to Yugi and Co. under the false identity of Namu. And Yami Bakura plans to enter with Bakura as his pawn. What? Yugi and the Pharaoh make the difficult decision to put Slifer in their deck and enter the battle to save the world. Yep, that's the, that's the episode. That's everything that happens. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, where does this episode start? This episode starts with them going to the just, secret location. 
Yeah, so this episode, it starts with the Kaiba copter uh, going down into the center of the stadium, the Kaiba Corp mm-hmm. stadium. And it's, I'm pretty sure, just literally the stadium from Akira. That's the vibe I was getting from it. You know? Yeah, like it's it's under construction. It's this big round stadium that's not really made for any one sport. It's just kind of by itself in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's not close to any other buildings. There's a good like border around it in the middle yeah. of the city there. And it just Again, has like, like four spotlights shining at a point directly in the middle. Where right, the helicopter right, descends. Which... And now, did you notice that the helicopter, the, the, so the helicopter over the radio, they're saying, this is Kybercopter One, we're coming in for a landing in the stadium or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you notice that that had an echo to it? No. Are they just, like, <laughs> do they have, like, a megaphone that they're, like, broadcasting it, out into the stadium? Yeah, I think the intent was to be, like, they're radioing HQ or something. But the effect was, hey, everybody down there, this is Kaibacopter 1. We're coming in. Look out. <laughs> Everyone get out of the stadium. Simcopter Row. Everybody Reporting move. heavy traffic. Uh, so out of Kaibacopter 1 comes uh, Seto Kaiba, Mogaba Kaiba, and two... Two goons? Henchmen? henchmen. Employees. They have, they have names, apparently. I think we learned them later. One of them is named Roland. <laughs> And the other one, I don't remember his name. These guys have some choice facial hair, by the way. I was trying to figure out, I, th- I know I put it in my notes somewhere later on, but I was trying to figure out who the guy with the brown goatee looks like. Do you know what I'm talking Like, he looks like... Yeah, because they both have, like, goatees, and then one of them has his hair dyed. Like, his beard and his hair and his, like, sideburns are all, like, purple or something. What were they? Is it green or purple? Well, so there was, yes, there was one with purple, and then there was the one that was just brown, but I couldn't figure out, he looks like somebody, and it's really bothering me. He looks like he's like a, like he used to be a Nickelback or something. (laughs) Entirely possible. Yeah, these guys are just kind of there. I didn't find them, I completely forget what they look like. That's how interesting they are. I mean, they're more interesting than generic thugs. True, 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 true. So they're new, they're new generic thugs. Uh, also in the stadium is Merrick and Odeon. They are sitting in the bleachers up in the darkness. Yeah. Uh, and Merrick, Merrick tells Odeon that it is time to put the final part of his plan into motion. Mm-hmm. That's kind Which of is... like landing his helicopter in the stadium. Merrick and Odeon are just like way out there in the stands watching. Mm-hmm. Just up by the themselves, nosebleeds. yeah. They're up in the nosebleeds, just hanging out. And, and apparently, the final part of Merrick's plan is to win. <laughs> no one could have ever seen this coming. Yeah, a brilliant huh. scheme. Truly. Uh, but there he is, just like monologuing about how, uh, you know, for five thousand years. Mankind has been waiting for the Pharaoh to return because when he returns, he's going to use his infinite strength to rid the world of evil and then rule all of mankind, I guess. Yeah. So he and... plans to fulfill the prophecy, apparently, by uh, stealing that power. So he wants to be the Pharaoh. He w- Yes, he wants to be the Pharaoh in this Not, scenario. I see. Okay. 
that's the part that I was struggling with. I was like, well, okay, ridding the world of evil sounds good. Cool, 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 cool. Check but you check. are evil. But you also want to rule mankind because that's a thing that the pharaoh can do. You I also guess? want to crush humanity in, underneath your boot. So I'm not entirely sure um, how he thinks that applies to him, but whatever. It's a kid's show. He's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I was cracking up, uh, though, another... imagining yeah. him and Odeon, like, in this exact scenario, but they're just, like, in a completely different anime, waiting for, like, a Giants game, and he's, like, <laughs> monologuing about how he's going to use the power of baseball to take over the world. This, <laughs> And so I... he and his buddy in these, like, cultist robes are just hanging out in, like, the A's or something. I was trying to figure out, because I, I know baseball anime is a thing, I was oh, trying to sure. figure out if there is... A baseball anime that just is that premise that does involve magic yeah i i couldn't find anything in just my like i don't know cursory search i feel like baseball anime would be extremely good it's quite uh, popular apparently the top uh baseball anime of all time according to ranker is called ace of diamond hmm. let me see if that has magic Ace of Diamond. Um, I have one not... standard for anime. Does it have magic? You there, baseball anime. Do you have magic? No? <laughs> not interested. Um, it does not appear to have magic. The first line of the plot synopsis on Wikipedia says, The series follows one Aijin Sawamura, a baseball pitcher and very unusual... Uh, pardon me, a baseball pitcher with a very unusual change-up pitch that has occurred naturally. So if hmm. unusual pitching styles count as magic, then it does have magic, but otherwise I don't think so. Uh, if anyone knows of a magical baseball anime, please uh, reach out and let us know. It's not magical, but I do want to give a shout-out to my former co-worker, Aya, who did make and animate an entire like anime intro for the 2014 Giants. And it's on YouTube. If oh you want shit! To go watch All that. right, I'll I'll drop Hell you yeah. a link. Okay. Anyway. Uh. Anyway. So. Uh. Let's see. So. Uh, Merrick is is sort of doing a recap here, right? He's we got. Yeah. Why is it important that the Pharaoh comes back eventually? Like, what is this prophecy he's talking about? Um. What's the recap on the Egyptian god cards? Why are they important? The short version is. They just are. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the actual part of the plan is that Odeon is going to pretend to be Merrick while Merrick pretends to be Namu. And they're both going to enter the tournament. Mm -hmm. And then he gets to like be buddy buddies with Yugi and act like this like sweet kid and then mm -hmm. stab him in the back at the 11th hour. I don't. And we can get to this later if we want. I don't really understand what the benefit of pretending to be Yugi's friend is at this point. Yeah, if you're entering into the competition, you're still going to have to beat him. Yeah, it doesn't really give him like a competitive advantage that I can see yet. Other than maybe like pretending to beat quote unquote Merrick. And so Yugi will think that he already beat Merrick and then he'll have to he'll be surprised when Namu, like, becomes Merrick and beats him. I don't know. But 
yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. I don't know that it will actually do anything like favorably for Merrick. Merrick is is known at this point for making plans that sound very foolproof, and then he adds that like just the just a touch of complication and ruins the plan for himself. Yeah. But that's all right. Uh, so he's explaining this. He finishes explaining this, and then he laughs maniacally in the open <laughs> stadium. He, he cackles. He cackles so loud that Kaiba hears him from all the way across the stadium and, like, tells his henchman to turn on the lights. <laughs> and so his henchman, like, yells into a radio for, I guess, one of the employees who's got his finger on the, like, lighting controls to turn the lights on. Uh, so they turn on the giant floodlights, and uh, he's gone. Bum bum ba! Evil has commenced. He's hiding behind the hot dog stand. <laughs> right, right. Kaiba dogs. I bet they are called Kaiba dogs. And then they've got, <laughs> and he's got like a little illustration of Joey as the mascot. That would actually be wonderful. I would buy it. I would, would buy be, 20 Kaiba dogs if that were the case. That would be just entirely on brand for Kaiba. would be to humiliate Joey in the process of selling hot dogs. Speaking of humiliating Joey, Yugi and the gang arrive. Uh, as Mai puts it, they are unfashionably early because the stadium isn't even finished yet. <laughs> They're Still walking under into this, It's like, what, midnight? They're walking into this, like, apparently completely empty under construction stadium um and then they're like oh we are in the right right place because there's kaiba with his helicopter standing in the right right in the middle of the stadium (laughs) and now i do need to point out the location cards gave them a, a location but they did not appear to give them a time yeah how does how does that work did we did we say like at the beginning of this episode or the beginning of the the tournament i mean when the finals would be like was there a, a a an rsvp that we missed i don't think anyone's ever mentioned it or was it kind of just like nah whenever you get the locator cards just yeah just show yeah, up the whole the whole mystery was based around where the finals are going to be held nobody ever bothered to ask when kaiba could have just easily been like you already lost. The finals were like 20 seconds after the Battle City commenced. <laughs> <laughs> you, By not showing up, you forfeited your god cards to me. I mean, he could have, is the thing. Yet again, Kaiba kind of <laughs> screwed himself over. Yeah. And he will continue uh, to do so. Yeah. And he continues to do so. So, uh... Yugi, Mai, and Joey uh, have to get their, like, duelist ID cards for the finals. Like, apparently security is is really strict now that they're in the finals. So they exchange their locator cards for these, like, tournament IDs. Kind of like how you go into Chuck E. Cheese and swap, uh, like, your tokens for prizes. Oh, right. I was like, you go to kind of like how you go to Chuck E. Cheese and get an ID for (laughs) Mr. Entertainment. I don't know. Uh... But I yeah, swapping swapping tokens for for prizes. Sure, sure, I don't sure. know why they need i tournament IDs because there's like only eight of them, and Kaiba knows exactly who they are. And there has been a satellite system. I cannot stress this enough. Tracking them the, the whole entire time. time. 
Kaiba has done everything up to and possibly including microchipping these motherfuckers, and still he's like, nope, I need an ID. Tagging and releasing them. Kind of sounds like our government. (laughs) Am I right, folks? Smash that like and subscribe button. You heard me, sheeple. Uh, no. Anyway, so... um, The only reason I can understand for them to get these, like, ID cards is for them to, like, eventually, like, lose them in, like, the next few episodes or, like, have to swap them out or something. I mean, we kind of already did that in Duelist Kingdom where they had to have the card to to enter the tournament. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the other card to claim the prize. But, yeah, I don't know. No, you go ahead. So there's a point that I want to raise here. The security guards exchange their cards and give them these IDs. And they say Uh security is tight. Say they say to the guy who just let a bunch of teenagers walk into this under construction stadium while another teenager and his evil sidekick have already snuck in and been there the whole time. Security is not tight. No, there's like two of you guys. What are you doing? Yeah, I. This is your event security. Th- <laughs> These yeah, two I'm, guys. I'm underwhelmed. I'm underwhelmed. At best, I think really all we're leading up to in the show is like at one point, Namu is gonna take the Merrick ID card because he's like, "Oh, that's my name," but like. Again, what purpose does that What purpose does any of this serve? Anyway, this whole Anyhow. operation is just shady as fuck. If I won, if I was in the finals for like a city-wide tournament and this is a scenario I walked into, I'd be like, no way. These guys are like scammers. They're trying to get my credit card information. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, no, I'm I'm good. Thanks. Uh, I'm going to I, I walk into this stadium. Thing. I'm going to get shanked. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll go and come back in the morning. You know. Yeah. I, I bet you. I bet you. <laughs> when the real people are here in the morning, uh, we'll we'll be off to the races. So someone new, quote unquote, arrives, uh, and everyone's like looking to see who it is. Yugi immediately has a bad feeling about it, and he says as much. Uh, but it's just Namu. It's Namu, who just happens to be walking in the entrance of the stadium with this, like, burst of wind billowing around him. Did you just notice this? <laughs> Classic. Everyone Very looks to, at the entrance, and there's just, like, you can see the ripples in the dirt on the stadium floor. I would uh, love to learn how to make an entrance like that. Just get a bunch of industrial fans set up behind you as you walk in. There you go. I need a personal industrial fan. Just to carry around with me to all, all the events I go to. <laughs> Just tape it to a little wagon. Oh, that'd be kind of cute, actually. That's the only way they get their uh, clothes to, like, billow behind them like that all the time. That has to be it. That has to be it. Uh, so, <laughs> Namu <laughs> walks in. Yep. Our, our good friend, good Namu. Namu. Gotta, gotta love him. Gotta That's love scamp- Namu. And Namu's just uh, and... like, hey, guys, you all made it into the tournament too? Golly. Ah, jeepers. Friendship sure is swell. I'm so glad to see you again. <laughs> and 
And you Joey can tell, instinctively, like, right at the beginning, his like voice is still in the like the evil American that he kind of has to tone it back down a little bit to mm-hmm. pretend yeah, to be Namu. He's struggling. He's struggling to he's like, struggling. Yeah, <laughs> pretend to be these kids' friend. Which I think is a good character choice for Merrick. I think that that's a like very smart choice on the voice actor's part to struggle a little bit with sounding. Yes, you can't sound my friends. Too <coughs> right out the gate. Hey, friends. Boy, fancy seeing you all here. Golly. So, uh, Joey instinctively does not trust Namu, which is maybe the first good instinct he's had in a while. But he he says as much until. Yugi vouches for Namu because Namu helped out Bakura. You remember a few episodes back they pulled they pulled that scam uh, yep. where uh, Bakura was was injured and Namu brought him up to Yugi and and the gang and took Bakura to the hospital, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so Namu apparently got into the finals. Hey, hip hip hooray! Uh, and as he's explaining that he did, he looks over at Taya. And mind controls her. What happens here? I'm not entirely sure. There, he like. It's hard to tell whether he's like actually like brainwashing her right then, or like dazzling her or something. But something magical is going on because she's suddenly surrounded by this like golden aura, and her yep. eyes just for a second kind of lose their pupils, and she has that yep. same brainwashed look on her face. So and she immediately turns to Joey and is like, yeah, Namu, he's great. So I don't, I'm not sure if it's like full brainwashing or mind control or just like influence. I Based, on, like based on what person. we see, yeah, based he on what we see, I think it might person. be like an influence thing. Yeah. He makes Taya, Taya trust him. Yeah, yeah, which is just as creepy. Yeah. Uh, so they're talking about Bakura and how Bakura's in the hospital, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Speak of the devil, Bakura appears. Bakura appears like staggering into the stadium like he's drunk or like horrifically injured. And then he's like, also buffeted by wind, though. <gasps> oh, hey, guys, I'm fine. Yeah, he looks horrible. Yeah. Just absolutely haggard. Um, uh, but but like, apparently hey. he got the six uh, locator cards. After killing more duelists. Yeah. He walks in and then everyone's just like, how did you get here? Last I saw you, you were like on death's door. You were unconscious with an IV in your arm. And in between then and now, you've managed to like kick six duelists. You've been able to get into this stadium. You've been able to get into this whole event. You've been able to beat six people. And then run straight here? You fell out of the tall tower, you creep. (laughs) And he's like, oh, I'm just Uh, really good at card games. (laughs) Oh, wouldn't you know it? I have to keep reminding myself that I'm British. Yeah, his... Spot uh, of tea. His voice is slipping. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's full on. There is no more good Kura. It is just bad Kura, which I think is kind of a shame because I I was just starting to like good Kura. Uh, The old Bakura can't come to the phone right now. Why? (laughs) Oh, because he's dead. (laughs) Whoops. Let that one slip, huh? Whoopsie. 
Uh, so Joey's bean is freaked by all of this, but he has very little time to, to reel in the realization before Odeon appears. Odeon yeah. appears in his tall, majestic glory. His dark billowing. cultist cape sweeping behind him. Uh, he walks in and introduces himself as Merrick. And honestly, he makes a better Merrick than Merrick. He does. He really does. You believe that this guy is the villain. Yeah, this is a tall, imposing figure. Um, he just, he radiates power and, like, evil. And he, it's, it's in, it's in, yeah, it, he radiates, it's in everything that he does. The way that he introduces himself, right? He gets in real close and real down low and he goes, I'm Merrick. And Joey's like freaking out. He's like, ah, I'm going to kill you, you brainwashing creep. He has a great line here, actually. He says, I'll kick you brainwashing keister. <laughs> keister is a word that we need to bring keister. back in common vernacular. Uh, he says the only reason he doesn't kick Odeon's ass right now is so he can beat him at card games later. <laughs> a likely story. A likely story. I use that on everybody. I could kick your ass now, but actually, what if we circle back later and play some card games? And Kaiba's been there the whole time, and he says, he sees Odeon, and he says, I should disqualify you for kidnapping my little brother, but I also want to beat you at card games, so you're off the hook for now. Yeah, what the fuck? And he gets so serious about it, he's like, I should disqualify you for kidnapping my brother and all the harm you've caused and all the, all the I don't know, like rules that he's broken or whatever. Yeah, that's his like, just, worst possible scenario is to disqualify him from this card game tournament. But he just he wants that Egyptian god card just too gosh darn bad. So he, you know what? He, he wants he to stab. get that card and he can't just like have his thugs jump this guy and steal the card. Uh, he's just going to uh, beat him at card games. So you're on thin ice, Buster. If you kidnap my little brother again, you'll you're out of this tournament. He effectively is doing that thing where he, like, points at his eyes and then points at Odeon's eyes. Yeah. I'm watching you. Watching you. So, so we're all looking around. Everyone's standing around in their little cliques, and then, like, Odeon just goes off and stands by himself. All stand I noticed that. It was kind of funny. A friend group of one. <laughs> Odeon doesn't need anybody. I mean... I would like to be Odeon's friend because I feel bad for him, but Odeon yeah. is, is very maybe the only self-sustaining person in this whole show. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how he does. So yeah, we'll see how he does. Uh, and they're standing around there and they're all talking and they're trying to figure out, I, I don't remember the exact conversation, but they're trying to figure out like, all right, what happens now? And Mokuba goes, okay, everybody, this is not the site of the battle city finals. Oh, thank God. This is such a shitty stadium. <laughs> I do not want to spend any more episodes in this dumb, bad stadium. And so everybody's looking around and they're like, what? What are you talking about? What do you mean? And he goes, uh, the the actual stadium is almost here. And they look up and it's Kaiba's blimp. It's the Kaiba blimp. The Kaiba from, blimp. Uh, from the start of season two, the Kaiba blimp returns. The one that had the giant TV with Kaiba's face on it. That he hung from for no apparent reason. <laughs> it's a blimp episode. Hell yeah, the uh, Kaiba blimp. And yeah, and I think it's Joey. I think it's Joey who's like, so we're dueling in the sky. 
And and Mokuba goes, yep, you got it. In fact, 4,000 feet in the sky to be exact. Is it 4,000 feet or is it 40,000? I can't he, remember. He I says 4,000. Okay. <laughs> I had to check. Uh, 4,000 feet in the sky. Nice. Because that's how high blimps need to be, I guess. Uh, hell yeah. Blimp episode. I'm into this. Blimps. Yeah. How do you feel about how do you feel about blimp dueling? <laughs> I feel like it's it's been a while since I watched an anime or any show that had a good blimp in it. I'm trying to think of what the last blimp thing I saw was. I think the last time I saw a blimp Up. in fiction was um uh shoot, what's the, I'm completely blanking on the name of the show. The one about the archer. The the archer There was a blimp in archer. With the blimp. Sorry, an yep. airship. Okay, fair, 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 fair. A dirigible. A dirigible, yeah. We need more media but, with yeah, blimps. More media with blimps. Wouldn't that be a fun career, flying a blimp? It'd be so I mean, I'm scared of heights, so no. Well, not you, specifically. But, but I feel like for in a general, person, yeah. in terms of things you could fly, blimps are up there. Is there a special name for like a blimp pilot? I think it's just pilot just pilot blimpsman uh blimp uh worker name okay what am i googling here <laughs> uh, cuz like how uh, many yeah, blimps okay. are there there's a goodyear blimp and that's it really it's so well, specific that I don't you would s- be you would have so much like um job security well jimmy I don't want to spoil anything, but I've done some research into Goodyear blimps. Uh-huh. Did you know that there's a whole fleet of them? I would knew there was more than one. I don't know exactly how many Goodyear blimps there are. Apparently, Goodyear has enough blimps to qualify as a fleet. Hell yeah. So you could technically, in theory, be an airship admiral. <laughs> now I'm just picturing someone in like full like captain crunch sort of like admiral outfit and be like naturally going like yeah doing the anime thing where you just stretch your hand out and go like charge and then just all the blimps is <laughs> going forward <laughs> at like 25 miles an hour or however fast they go but 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 the new real-time strategy adventure game blimp commander blimp coming Wars. to mac and pc this summer i'd play it yeah you would that'd be your favorite that'd be your game of the year god yeah um uh so they're getting ready to leave they're they're all getting onto the blimp right mm. and uh yugi and joey and mai all get on and serenity and duke and tristan and Taya are getting on behind them but the guards uh stop them because they don't have duelist id cards this is apparently what they needed the id card for was so the same two dudes that saw them 30 seconds ago could remember their faces could maybe these guys just have IDs face blindness and let them on the blimp maybe maybe they just it could be right like maybe they don't have like short term memory capacity they don't have object permanence yet wait can someone with face blindness even see what you look like on the id like they get like go from that's the ID to question. you and be like, sure, that's you. <laughs> yeah, that's that seems right. I don't know. I don't know that much about face blindness. I learned, uh, like just a few years before my dad passed away, we learned that he had face blindness. Really? Yeah. Have I told you about this? 
just randomly out of the blue, he was talking to my mom and he was like, oh yeah, I don't recognize people by their faces. I can't recognize faces. Just period. <laughs> Is that why you and your siblings <laughs> all have the same face? No, that's just, genetics, Jimmy. That has nothing to do your with Your parents it. just made you all the same so you wouldn't have to tell you apart. <laughs> yeah, they definitely did that on purpose. Uh-huh. That's how that works. No. <laughs> but anyway, so the guards don't let Serenity Duke, Tristan, and Taya onto the blimp because they are not duelists with dual IDs. And they're like, come on, what? We've been here this whole time. We've been talking with you. These are our friends that are going to duel. And Serenity pulls the whole, please, my son, he's very sick. No, she, <laughs> goes, she goes, please, I just regained my sight. I just want to watch my older brother duel. He's such a dipshit, please. <laughs> and so Mokuba yells over at the guards, just give it a rest. And they're like, but those are the rules. These, those are Mr. Kaiba's rules. And Mocha was just like, fuck you. <laughs> we can do whatever you want around here. What do you think, big well, bro? And Kai was just like, whatever. And so they I, let him on. Yeah. So they let him on. There's so like, no okay, I guess security, security isn't that tight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my one note here was uh, about Mokuba being a fucking cop still, but he's protecting his friends this time. Yeah. Still a fucking cop. So they all get on. And uh, they're waiting, I guess, to, uh, to they're waiting for the eighth finalist to, to appear before they take off. Kaiba tells him to take off anyway because he knows that all of the Egyptian god cards are on the blimp already. So he yeah. doesn't care who the eighth finalist is. Yeah, he doesn't care about this whole scenario was completely made up just to get all the god cards in the same place. Yeah. So eighth finalist, Schmidt finalist. Schmidt Schmeinalist. You know what I just realized? Hmm. We've already seen how dangerous these Egyptian god cards are and just like how when you play them, there's like f- actual physical like lightning and storms and explosions that occur. Mm-hmm. Why the hell is he bringing them all on his blimp? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit's going to pop off, Jimmy. Hindenburg 2. Kaiba <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 the dual manity. <laughs> Uh, oh, the so, <laughs> as they're about to take off, who should appear but the eighth finalist is Shizu Ishtar. Hell yeah. What? Out the, of nowhere. Uh, the lady who can see the future from uh, the Domino City Museum, who her, this was her whole idea. This was the whole thing. This was this her is plot. all her fault. <laughs> her plot was to play card games on this blimp to save the and world. S- and so she she sort of like f- almost floats. She's not really walking. She's like yeah, gliding she's in the, into like, the blimp, full like dress and like a face mask and uh, like a hood, like a hood cape type of thing. Raiders of the Lost Ark, but make it fashion. Yes, um, it's kind of jarring actually seeing her with a dual disc on her arm. It's well. It's sort of the same vibe that you get from the intro when you see the uh, the rare hunters in their cultist robes, and yeah. they all pull out the dual discs, <laughs> and you're like, "What the fuck are you wearing?" Still the best shot of the intro. Um. Uh. But so she appears, and she thinks to herself that she's here to save. Uh. What is what she? She's like, "I'm here. I'm here to save you, little brother." Which I guess is Merrick, right? Yeah. So she's here to save Merrick, apparently. 
from his uh, gotta save my dumbass from... brother from his world domination plot. Yeah, and then you know she's like, and the fate of the world depends on it, and something, something, meaning something. Yep. So she... you can tell I care a lot about this plot point. <laughs> she gets on last second, and the blimp takes off. I want to point out, this is an interesting blimp. It's not like a regular blimp where you need, like, a mooring tower. This is more like a vertical takeoff, like a jet. It has yeah, rotating... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a VTOL blimp. It's a VTOL blimp. It has jet engines that rotate to make it go up and down. I don't know that I've ever seen a blimp like this. I don't think that's physically possible, necessarily. I can't imagine that it's a very fuel-efficient. <laughs> no. But... If there's if there's one person that doesn't care about fuel efficiency, that's Seto Kaiba. <laughs> He's just like sunk millions and millions of dollars into this blimp. Who cares about how it goes as long as it does it fast? Well, and and he probably still, even though he sunk all these millions of dollars into it, every every day he probably wakes up and looks at this thing and goes, I "Wish it looked more like a dragon." <laughs> I wish it went, looked more like my favorite card. One day, one day, said one day, get there. He goes we back to his you. like blueprints. Oh my god, it's been there in front of me this whole time. It's perfect. I kind of want to go back and watch the Yu Gi Oh movie just now that we've gone through like a season and a half. Well, honestly, I think I think that's what we need to do because it takes place after the end of this season. Okay, well, let's rewatch so it once at some we, point. Yeah, once we finish this season, I think we should rewatch it for sure. So the blimp takes off. It 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 VTOLs upwards. Uh and it it reaches <laughs> This it reaches is my the favorite worst line. Thing. <laughs> the There's an announcement. Blimp, the Kaiba blimp has reached the official dueling altitude, below which it is illegal <laughs> to duel <laughs> when you're on an aircraft. I wanna know. I want to know what scientific paper was published that says the words official dueling altitude. <laughs> yeah, what government agency controls official dueling altitude? Right, that's who knows. Maybe one doesn't. <laughs> Knowing Kaiba, he just made up a number and called it official. Uh although Jimmy. The FDA, Federal uh, Dueling Administration. <laughs> uh, I did just make a horrifying connection hmm. that maybe proves that we've been making the show for too long. What? Mokuba said that they're flying 4,000 feet in the air. Mm-hmm. What? What else? Where else does 4,000 show up in this show? Life points? Life points. Are they going up a number of feet equal to the amount of life points that you start a duel with? That is definitely something Kaiba would do. Are they going to pull a season zero and drop you one feet, one, one feet, one foot for every life point you lose? That's the only way you'll reach the ground. fuck (laughs) they fly over open waters (laughs) (laughs) i don't know we'll see when we get into these uh these blimp duels 
We'll see. We'll see what happens. So, uh, yeah. So they, they get to official dueling altitude. Joey and Serenity are checking out Joey's like suite, I guess, on the blimp. This is a massive suite for any sort of vehicle. It's oh, huge. no, pardon me. This, this cabin is, is huge. This is right before this. This okay. is on the way to this. Oh, yeah. Pardon me. Serenity turns to Joey as they're just like walking through the halls of this blimp. And she says, thanks for bringing me joey she she like sincerely thanks him for letting her come along but joey didn't even notice that she wasn't gonna get let on it mokaba's the one that she should be thanking yeah. for being like hey let them in jo- like i know serenity just got her eyes back but really joey is the blind one for uh, not noticing that uh, his sister was like turned away at the door i see what you did there Joey has had very little active participation in Serenity being here. That's the thing. Like he, he didn't get her from the hospital. Uh, he did not explicitly say, Hey, do you want to come to the finals with us? She just tagged along. Uh, and he didn't notice when she almost didn't get on the blimp. So just saying, come on, Joey. Uh, Uh, Kaiba comes up to them and implies, (laughs) implies, (laughs) For some reason, that Joey is going to get pushed off the blimp if he loses. Pardon me, when he loses? Yeah, Kaiba just kind of starts going around the blimp and insulting everyone who came aboard. As is his my want. Favorite, as is his want. You know, it's his ship. Yeah. He, can do, he can do what he wants. My favorite part of him telling uh, Joey that he's going to push Joey off the blimp is how he ends the conversation by saying, and monkeys can't fly. Yeah. <laughs> He says that again so, later in the episode, you know. too. Does he? Yeah. He, He's really into this idea of Joey being either a dog or a dueling monkey. Yeah, a flying monkey. Um, then he, like, stops by Yugi to insult Yugi a little bit um, and tell him that he'd better fucking put that god card in his deck. You'd better do it. Yeah, he does it. He does it in such a weird way too. He's like, "I know you've been scared to use that Egyptian god card, huh? You wimp, you dweeb. Well, you better, you better fucking use it because it's my tournament, and I make the rules, and you're gonna play that card." <laughs> the only thing I me. want in this tournament, <laughs> the only thing I want, the entire reason I put on this tournament is to win that god card from you. So you'd better put it in your deck. Can you imagine so. if Yugi was just like, no. <laughs> right. That would be the ultimate power move here is the thing. That is the way you win this tournament is by not putting that card in your deck. Yeah. Just being like, come at me, bro. Come at me. <laughs> We're in the air now, motherfucker. <laughs> I left it with grandpa. It's not even here. <laughs> you know what you're going to no, You know what you're you going to lose the moment- to, Kaiba? You're going to lose to Karibo and you're going to like it. You're going to say thank you for beating with me with Karibo, Yugi. <laughs> now you can't say that he left it with grandpa because the moment he does that grandpa is going to hear the click of a, <laughs> of a gun behind him he's going to get bombed from the air oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's gonna, one of these satellites is going to come crashing down on the game store so yeah so so that happens joey retorts by saying man this balloon is full of hot air yeah, as Akaiba's walking away. <laughs> Blimp he he jokes, like goes folks. off in a huff, too. Yeah. He goes off. He's like, I have a tournament to run. Good day. I said good day. 
So, yeah. So now is the part where Joey and Serenity go and check out yeah. Joey's, like, hotel room, well, I guess. I wanted this is I came to a realization here as Kaiba's walking away from insulting Yugi. Mm-hmm. I think this is the only discernible effect of the mind crush. Isn't that Kaiba is still evil, sure. We've established mm-hmm. that and how much of an asshole he is. The only effect of the mind crush had on him was that he can no longer just steal cards. He is honor bound to win them in duels. Whoa, you're right. A lesser Kaiba would have just stolen the card. Yeah, he would have had thugs beat up Yugi and then steal a card. But now he is like mentally unable to steal cards. That was the effect of the mind crush. It was just so personal to stop the behavior that led to Grandpa's blue eyes being stolen. This is, I mean, yeah. This is not the Kaiba that shot a man in Domino just to watch him duel. No. This is a man who is, like, mentally blocked from taking cards. He has to win them fairly. That's a really good point. Well, I had not I had not considered that. I did not realize that Kaiba had actually made a character progression. But I think you're right. I think this is it. Kaiba can have little a character progression as a treat. <laughs> <laughs> so... Joey and Serenity go and check out this hotel room uh, that's fucking massive, yeah. by the way. It's a huge room. It's like if you cut like a jumbo jet, right? And you took a cross mm-hmm. section out of it, the entire like cross section of that jet would be just like one room. There's so much wasted space. Yes. Yeah, it is ginormous. Ooh, pardon me, I had to yawn while saying ginormous, apparently. Uh, it is, why is it this big? How is it this big? And it's just like empty metal too. There's no like furnishings besides like chairs and stuff scattered around. It's like a, it's like a lounge. Yeah. So, so they're walking around, they're checking it out. Serenity goes, you know, if it wasn't for you, Joey, I wouldn't be able to see all this. Again, sort of implying, see, I I was blind, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But again, technically, Yugi paid for the operation. <laughs> That's true. I forgot that Yugi ponied up the cash. Joey straight up lost. <laughs> Joey did not win the money. Yugi gave him the money to give to Serenity. Serenity doesn't necessarily know that, though. No, because you know who's not telling her that? Joey. Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Joey could be like, oh, well, you're welcome, but... Yugi was the one that gave me the money. So, like, I'm glad you're here. Also, let's find a way to thank Yugi. No, no, no. He's just like, ah, no problem. Yeah. Well, he does have this long monologue about how much he loves Serenity and how they're a good team together. And how he's so glad that his sister is there to, like, cheer him on and stuff. And he's, like, starting to cry. He's tearing up. When suddenly, like, the door blasts open and all the B team runs in. (laughs) <laughs> the B team yeah so it's so it's Duke and Tristan and Taya specifically yeah. right Mai's not there Mai has her own room I think all the finalists have their own rooms that sounds right that sounds right yeah and they come in and they're like nah I think Yugi's room is bigger <laughs> and they're and they're joshing you know they're talking they're they're roughhousing yeah 
and and Tristan says that they need somewhere to crash while they try and find some rooms for us. How many rooms can you find on a blimp? <laughs> That's my question. There's like 12 people on this blimp. How did they have A, how do they have 8 rooms on a blimp? It's a big blimp. B, how do they have more than 8 rooms on a blimp? C, how do they have so many more rooms that they can't seem to find one? Yeah, they're huge. Where are they going to duel? I feel like all the dueling space is taken up by uh, rooms. Are they going to freaking duel on the top of the blimp? (laughs) It's in the intro. Is it? Yeah, they duel on the blimp, Jimmy. I don't remember this part of the intro at all. What? Jimmy, they oh duel on the blimp. You know the blimp? They duel on it. They did surgery on a grape. They duel on a blimp. <laughs> I need to look up the intro. Hold on. Jimmy is frantically searching. I need to look up where it shows the... It's, I'm it's so when, excited. It's Yugi versus Odeon. Oh, Yeah. There's just like a quick shot of it here. Uh-huh. That is that's 100% a percent the top of a blimp right there. That's a blimp. It's cut just so you can't really see where they are. Mm-hmm. But that's 100% unless, a blimp. Unless you know Unless you know that there's a blimp in this season, you do not know what that shot is. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm pumped for blimp duels. Blimp duels. All duels should be on blimps. Why from now not? On. Yeah. So in this scene, inside the blimp, uh, Tristan is trying to flirt with Serenity. Duke sort of butts his way in, and he flirts with Serenity instead, which upsets Tristan. Yeah, they all like go over and look in Joey's mini fridge. Uh, Tristan Mm -hmm. gets really excited for a special kind of cheese that's in there. Fucking nerd. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so Tristan comes up to Joey. Joey's kind of like trying to ignore them while sitting on a on a comfy looking chair and tristan comes over and he's like hey sorry for bum rushing family time like that <laughs> which is a weird way to say it don't say bum rushing especially family time i don't i know very few people not no one but very few people who can get away with saying the words bum rushing in a serious conversation it's not tristan it's not Tristan. It's neither of us. I'll tell you that much. Uh, bum rushing, family time, and he goes. But Yugi needed some peace and quiet while he gets ready to duel. Yeah, and Joey gets and, mad at all of them because he's trying to like focus on like preparing for his duel while they're all like terrassing around and like. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, I'm dueling too. And Tristan goes, Oh yeah, oh yeah, huh? Just to roast him a little. <laughs> so we cut to uh down the hall mokuba catches the uh the two guards about to go into kaiba's room and he like scolds them yeah he, he yells he at them the, for bothering kaiba right before a duel um but they were like going in to report to kaiba that ishtar is on board they did get the eighth duelist mm-hmm. and mokuba's just like hey he's preparing to duel don't bother him for this unimportant bullshit and then 
Th- so nothing comes of that is, is the moral of the story. Uh, and then we get to a scene. I gave up on taking notes on this scene. I know you can see my notes, Jimmy. Yeah. I want to uh, give me the serious version of this real quick. Everyone has lines about their how how they're inevitably going to win. And we get shots of everyone like monologuing to themselves. We have my mm-hmm. uh, sitting by the window, sipping some wine, talking about how she may have lost last time, but she's totally going to win this time. Because uh, I'm the best. And I'm my Valentine. Yep. We have a shot of Odeon, whose room is apparently, like, in the cargo hold. He's just hanging out with some, like, wooden crates. And he has some lines about how he is totally committed to Merrick. And how he's going to to win for Merrick. Um, We have lines from Merrick, who's just, like, kicking back in his bed about how he has two people dueling for him. And so he's, like, stacked the cards in his favor. Uh, yep. Yeah. Well, te- technically, technically three, technically three now because yeah. he's got himself and he's got Odeon pretending to be Merrick and he's got Bakura pretending to be Bakura. So no matter, so there's that's like a good chunk of the people on this ship are reporting to him anyway. So if any of them yeah. win, he wins. Yeah. So it's all coming up Millhouse. Everything. I mean Merrick. Up- I mean Namu. Everything's coming up Millhouse. <laughs> uh this whole scene read to me like the first episode of the bachelorette you know where they line up the guys that all look the same mm-hmm. and they're like i'm blaine i'm 29 years old i'm a fireman and i'm gonna win because kimberly and i share a love of exotic cheeses <laughs> and then the next guy's like I'm George. I'm 30. I'm a police officer. I'm going to treat Kimberly right, and that's why I'm going to be the next Bachelor. Yeah, they're all just, like, giving their own lines, their own hype men. Yeah. This is... Everyone is just reading the first line of their resume. Mm-hmm. And this is... Or their, uh, their cover letter, I mean. <laughs> this is their uh, their Twitter bios. They, they they cut out the lines where they all say to whom it may concern. <laughs> so yeah, so so Merrick outlines his plan. That's again going to be something that he inevitably overcomplicates. Mm-hmm. And then it's time to duel. Almost. Because what happens Yugi before has that? Some lines. Oh yeah, Yugi, Yugi talks scene. with Yugi. Yeah. Yugi is talking to the ghost that lives in his head. Um, Chat with a morning child. Ah, man, if I'm going to stop incredible evil from destroying the world, I might as well put this super powerful card in my deck so I can stand up to these other super powerful cards. But I don't want to. And Big Yugi's like, ah, but you... But you might wanna. You might wanna. So you'd better... it's It's a good choice to put that super powerful card in your deck. And he's like, yeah, okay... But what about Bakura? And how did that Millennium oh, yeah. Ring get back to him? Is did he... he see the Millennium Ring? Did he actually see it? No, he's just wondering how Bakura could be like on his feet and how he could have like won all that stuff in such a short amount of time. And so he's like going through his head. We get flashback to season one when Tristan just yeets the Millennium Ring out, out into the forest 
And right, the, right. Uh, the Pharaoh's just like, uh, it's kind of like in Lord of the Rings, how the ring just kind of bounces around from person to person and gets back to someone. <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. Sometimes, yeah, hey, so, don't worry. It just does that sometimes. Yeah. By, by all accounts, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, I have to wonder about that that explanation because like if it did truly bounce around from like host body to host body like venom style why does the spirit of yami bakura want this frail english boy as its host that's a great question why is is it just if it doesn't matter is it just like a is it like a chosen one thing like is he the rightful heir to Slytherin or something? Like the rightful heir to Bakura. Yeah, but I, don't I feel know. like I feel like you could throw a stone and hit three more D- deserving uh, candidates. Formidable was going to be the word yeah. that I was going to use. I mean, he does fine apparently. Like he's creepy as shit, but like instead of these like Victorian waif children. Yeah. Please, sir, might I have some duels? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm worried. Like, if a duel takes too long, kid's going to die of consumption. <laughs> I have the black lung. I have only weeks <laughs> to live. I'd like I'd like so much to see the sky from above the London fog at official well, dueling altitude. Because now he's in a blimp at official dueling altitude. So good, good job, Bakura. You got there, bud. So he just kind of thinks about how it's weird that Bakura is back. And then he's like, eh, whatever. It's time to duel. And yeah, and then there's an announcement like, hey, it's time to duel, everybody. Get your dueling face on. Here we go. Uh, And everybody's kind of filing into the, the hallways. Kaiba elbows his way past Joey. He says, winner's first, monkey boy. And Joey's just like, Hey, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but actually he can because he owns this boat. He owns so. the blimp. He owns the... He pays everyone involved. He's running the tournament. So I guess he can be an asshole if he wants. I, can, I guess he can. Uh, Namu and Joey are talking and Namu comes up to Joey and says, uh, Hey, Joey, friend, let the best man win. And Joey says, Well said. And I hope you're not too disappointed when I beat you. <laughs> Which is a very good line on Joey's part. Yeah. And then and Yugi then, prepares yeah. by having a full transformation sequence. His third eye opens, he swirls in glowing golden light, and when he when it stops, he's big Yugi. And it's time for Yu-Gi-Oh! He yells his name. We got a great, like, full transformation sequence here, which we haven't seen in a while. It does the full swirling around and the glowing and the Millennium Puzzled swings, and it's a good look. It's a good look. Now, But he's big Yugi again. He's big Yugi Hooray. again. Uh, he's fully prepared. He has all his, all his items prepared to go into the boss fight. It's time for shit to go down. And the theme song plays... And the episode ends. Dun, dun, dun. It's time to duel. Jimmy, what was, what was the best part of this episode for you? Uh, finally, an episode that's all plot instead of just, <laughs> like, there's no dueling involved. Because we've had some, Oops, pretty, some pretty dumb duels. 
like that did we, not need to exist like last episode we have and i'm looking at like i'm looking at our recording time even for this episode this is going to be our shortest episode in a bit my friend like we're in, uh, like an hour and change into this and if this was an episode with a duel in it it we would we would be nowhere near the end oh, yeah. of the episode we would have to and it's like an hour and a half yeah and it's so nice to just have like all right this thing happens, then this thing happens, and this thing happens, and then we're done. We're out. Yeah. This episode. In a duel, it's. Eh. Yeah. This episode, not a whole lot happens, but what it does, it does well. It has. Everyone gets together in one place finally. It sets up the stakes. Uh, it sets up the next couple of episodes and, like, where it's going to be located. It, like, hypes us up for, like, dueling on top of a blimp and all that kind of thing. Um, there's not a whole lot there, but. It happens. Yeah. Everything that happens, happens. Everything that happens, happens. <laughs> it might take a little bit to get there, but it happens. What was your best? Yeah. Uh, my best was, hooray, it's blimp time. It's blimp time. Blimp time. As as a young boy, I was very uh, enthused by blimps. As a, as a uh, slightly older man, I am still enthused by blimps. There's something about blimps blimps make me happy in the same way that trains make me happy yeah they're it's just like it's a it's a single use transportation not single use but a single purpose transportation thing yeah i think there's like a rarity to blimps that makes them special when you see them yeah oh there's a blimp wow it's like I mean, it's like the Goodyear blimp right like you see it and you go oh that's this is a special occasion yeah there's something happening uh, the, it's like when parents have like they bring out the fine china for an event of this size. You got to bring out the blimp, strap some cameras yeah. on that sucker, and park it over a stadium because it's blimp. <laughs> I gotta look up though. So what the what was the biggest blimp uh, ever made? Wasn't that a recent thing? Oh, are you uh, thinking of that like absolutely enormous like prototype thing that's meant to like? Yeah, the one. The one that looks like a butt, if you yeah. look at it from the wrong, from the wrong angles, um, it's the Airlander, Airlander Ten, world's largest airship. Oh, it's not just me. NBC News dubbed it the Flying Bum. <laughs> yeah, not just me. Okay, Damn, so boy, she thick. So it's a UK uh, airship. God, it does look but, like a butt. <laughs> it does look like a butt, doesn't it? So. I wanted to figure out how actually massive is Kaiba's blimp. Because if you look at the airlander, it is, it's, well, it's 302 feet long, filled with 1.3 million cubic feet of helium, uh, can stay up in the air for five days. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, It does not say how many people it can hold, but I'm looking at it. And if you look at pictures, I can't imagine that the cabin is much bigger than about 30 feet across at the most. Yeah. Are you looking at pictures of it? I'm looking at pictures of a cross section of the Hindenburg. Because that okay. was an how many actual... people could the Hindenburg fit? Um, I'm not quite there yet. I'm just looking at okay. how big the inside was. And it's pretty big, but the cabins on the Hindenburg being a passenger aircraft, we're not super large. They're not like the luxurious suites that we're looking at. 
Right. Well, and and granted, like these are luxurious suites for twelve people at most, right? So there don't need to be that many. But I don't know. I don't is when you look at the blimp. This is my one like. And we don't need to spend more time on this than we already have. But my one weird oh. thing about the blimp, I'm excited for the blimp. What? How big is this blimp? Well, I want to point out that the Hindenburg, uh, at the time of its disaster, uh, had 97 people on board. Oh, hot damn. Okay. So it was a big sucker. All right. Well, never. Well, fuck me then. Never mind. <laughs> uh, all right. So it's a good sized blimp then. Then we're it's good. pretty dang big. Chill. Yeah. I did not realize that blimps uh, carried that many people. <laughs> uh, they don't anymore. What? Well, yeah, for probably good reasons. Uh, oh, Pepper has joined us in the studio. Hi, I don't Pepper. know if you could hear that. Uh, what is the worst part of this episode for you? All right. Hi, Pepper. Is oh, the worst part of this episode for you right now? Anyway. He's mad because Lauren and I are sitting on chairs and he is not. Yep, there he oh, is. That's some great audio. Poor boy, please pick him up and pet him. Yeah, all right. My worst. Okay, here he comes. My worst yeah, of this episode. Me. Imagine you're the mayor of a small town and uh-huh. you like chess. Footloose. So, oh, okay. just for fun, uh-huh. you host like a community chess tournament. It's getting close to the finals of this chess tournament. The door opens and a figure walks in. And the figure points right at you, and they say, It's me, Jeffrey Dahmer! Remember when I killed your dad and wore his skin as a cape? Well, I'm back, and I'm gonna do more terrible things! <laughs> and you see this, and you go, Jeffrey Dahmer, I hate you, and I curse you for what you did. And I curse your name, and as mayor, I'm gonna have the police arrest you for your crimes. Just as soon as I beat you in this chess tournament. And then both of you sit down and play chess? That's Kaiba's reaction to letting Merrick on his fucking party blimp. What the fuck, Kaiba? What the fuck? This man kidnapped your little brother. And, like, you saw him and his agents threaten the lives of, like, a whole bunch of teenagers. And you're just gonna, like, hang out. Multiple times. Multiple times. And you're just gonna hang out with this guy on your party blimp? Get your shit together. In an enclosed space several thousand feet in the air. In an enclosed space several thousand feet above the air. <laughs> no. This man mind controls people. What are you doing, Kaiba? Just a brief side note that Jeffrey Dahmer Chess Tournament is my new band name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's that's kind of been the whole like moral of the last few episodes has been fuck Kaiba, right? Yeah. Like this guy makes horrible decisions in the guise of being like, I care about cards and being the best duelist, but actually he just like, can't get his shit together. Yeah. What are you doing? You have guards right there. Tackle this guy, put him in handcuffs, report him to the police, confiscate his God card. But no, you have to have this honor thing about like, now you have to like, like win the God card in a duel. Is this right? Right. That's, do you think he would do that if he had not been mind crushed? That's what I was about to say. That's uh, We're on the exact same page. If Kaiba had not been mind crushed, he would have killed Merrick by now. Yeah. No questions asked. He would, he would have cut him down where he stood. Just chuck him off the side of uh, official dueling altitude 
watch him plunge and splatter and then take his god card that would have been the thing and again like that then it would have been smart for odion to have masqueraded as merrick right then merrick's plan would have come to fruition when merrick yeets odion off the side of the <laughs> off the side of the blimp and, and like, merrick and, oh no and, you got merrick good oh no merrick's gone ah oh, i hated that guy it's me namu your good friend yeah. that approves of this message so if you lose to me it'll be okay don't worry about it yugi don't worry about it at all. Or this Egyptian god card that I don't have. <laughs> whoop de doop de doop Yeah, don't let criminals into your blimp. Kaiba. You moron. Words to live by. What was your I words? just want to say that taking someone's god card sounds like a euphemism for having sex for the first time. <laughs> I took her god card the other night. <laughs> There was a huge explosion. <laughs> I see with that in mind, Kaiba wanting to take Yugi's God card is so much better. There is no way there's not a uh, a fan fiction or 10 about that. I think we've read that on the show. I'm almost certain <laughs> think, we have. I think we've read that. Uh, my worst, Jimmy, to answer your question is that Serenity keeps thanking Joey for things that he clearly didn't do, and he never corrects her. What the fuck, Joey? He just wants Joey? to be a hero in the eyes of his little sister. I guess, but like, I don't know. You can you can be a hero still just by being her. Like, clearly, she's there because she loves him, regardless, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she wouldn't think less of him if his cool friend was actually the one that paid for her eye operation or if uh his weird enemy's little brother was actually the one that let her on the blimp like you know she would be like oh i respect your honesty or whatever yeah let's let's go kick some It'd ass be like but no joey's just like nah, whatever no problem yep i definitely did all that uh-huh it, yeah it'd be like I know you entered into that race to win money for my operation. Unfortunately, you lost to Usain Bolt. And he gave you the money for my yeah. operation. Yeah. So I like, still love and appreciate you. Right. Plus, I lost to Usain Bolt. So, like, <laughs> that's still pretty cool. Yeah. You're, you're like best friends with Usain Bolt now. We're hanging out on a blimp with Usain Bolt. <laughs> that sounds great. Sign me up. <laughs> Let's go party. Uh, the honorable mention for my worst, uh, was from the Wikia. I noticed this too when I looked it up. Yeah. So the Wikia, uh, is really good. There, there's a, it's Yu-Gi-Oh. What's the actual address again? It's Yu-Gi-Oh.Fandom.com. I always forget. Uh, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh.Fandom.com slash wiki. Uh, it, it's a lot of good content, but for most episodes, it has a differences, a section for differences between the, the Japanese version and the dub. Uh, and in the dub for this episode, they cut a scene. And the scene was, apparently, Yami Bakura violently eating steak and saying, quote, not enough blood. <laughs> it must have been in the scene where everyone was, like, talking about how they're going to win. And it would have shown it him It must have cabin. been, because he was the one person that didn't get that uh, that monologue. Yeah, he didn't get a scene. But that's hilarious, so must, that though, imagining it. him just, like, feral eating steak, like, on all fours, just, like, ripping it apart. 
Rum, rum, because rum, he's rum, evil. Blood. <laughs> and that's what evil people do is they eat steak rare, apparently. <laughs> they violently eat steak. That's pretty that's pretty good. I'm sorry we missed that. Yeah, so that's my honorable worst is that they cut that out. Uh where where does this episode rank on our uh, our XY graph here? In terms of story elements, uh I'd give it a five mm-hmm. because it's all story. Yeah. It's all story. Oops, all story. Not necessarily like great story, but it's all there and like no. it's doing the important stuff that you have to set up for the the rest of the series. The rest of the season. Yeah, it's it's doing the Lord's work it's in doing, a lot of ways. It's doing the housekeeping. Yeah. Uh how about uh card mechanics? There are none. Can we give it a null? A zero? I guess we just have to give it a zero. I think a zero fits. Yeah, a zero means it doesn't introduce any bullshit. Yeah, that's it's true neutral. It's a zero five. I'm okay with that. All right, zero five. Good job. And now we move on to the next segment of the show, where we bring in my dear partner Lauren and we play a little game. It's time for Yu-Gi-Oh! Not? Hello, Lauren. Hi. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Lauren, as you know, every week I gather six things. Three of them are actual Yu-Gi-Oh! cards, and three of them are things that sound like Yu-Gi-Oh! cards, but sadly are not. When did you decide to change it from five to six? Because I feel like it used to be five. It did used to be five. And I feel like there was more chance of me getting things right when it was five well that's why i changed it to six. Oh no 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 you. <laughs> no because because yeah. it was no it was pointed out to me that with five it is technically impossible for you to get less than one point yeah exactly so with, so with yeah, six the, mm-hmm. there is an element who pointed of, this out to you you did oh. <laughs> uh, you have betrayed so, yourself. so congratulations I have. You've made your own bed and now you must lie in it. And that bed is made of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. No. Or is it? No. It's the worst. So this week, Lauren, in case you couldn't tell as you came in, uh, this week the episode heavily features a blimp. Yeah, I heard you passionately discussing a blimp. Uh, The blimp is very good. The blimp is my son and I must protect it. What? Uh, The blimp is important to me. Yes, Pepper. It is true. Uh, so this week, he's your son. He got offended. <laughs> he did get offended. My poor he's sweet dog son. He is. Uh, so this week, I have got some very good card names. Uh, are you familiar with the Goodyear Blimp? As an object as an idea yes i know that it exists yeah not none like the biblical sense familiar but familiar with oh the good year blimp i went to high school with that guy (laughs) (laughs) i've never seen it so there's um there's a really quick interjection though so my grandpa is this is is relevant i promise Uh my grandpa is a or was a he's retired now of course but he was a um like pretty prominent research scientist in the field of um, algology. So like algaes Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, And he worked with like several 
scientific expedition sort of fellowships and this and that and whatever. And one of them used a blimp. I would have to ask him which blimp it was, but apparently it was a pretty famous blimp. And because he was like involved in this organization and and like really highly respected, he got to fly it for the last time before it was retired. Oh, wow. Wait, he piloted a blimp. A blimp, he yeah. He was a blessman. Yeah. I w- I'll have oh, to ask bl- him which A blimp which piloting blimp it algae was. researcher. <laughs> yeah. He's a pretty cool dude. Uh, he also uh, captained a research vessel that went to the, I believe it was the Indian Ocean and back. Um, and he said that flying fish are delicious. Fly right into your huh. mouth. Well, they would fly right onto the deck of the ship and they'd just collect them. Oh, that's handy. That's the easiest way to fish. Just let these dumbasses beach themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anyway, so I'll ask him. I'll get back to you what kind of blimp it was. There's a a really cool photo of him in like 1960 something with this blimp. That sounds rad as hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. I don't think it was the Goodyear blimp, though. No, probably not. not. So the the Goodyear blimp, uh, well, there there are, as I was telling Jimmy earlier in the show, many Goodyear blimps. Uh, Goodyear owns a whole fleet of blimps, all of which, much like naval vessels, have unique names. So, are they named like racehorses, where they have the like sires? <laughs> that is literally this is literally where I was going with this. Oh, so, boy. so they so they are not named after racehorses. They are named after, typically, pardon me, I had to put pepper down there. They are typically named after the winners of the America's Cup yacht race. Oh, God. Really? Why? So Goodyear blimps are named after yachts, which are typically named after horses. <laughs> We're three levels deep. We're three levels deep. The horses of so, the sky, you might say. So to give you an example... <laughs> So to give you an example, blimps are just of, horses, really. If, I mean, really, really, truly, to give you some examples of names that I did not pick. Horses full of gas. <laughs> <laughs> so like regular horses. <laughs> blimps are just Boy, big Pepper spherical. Is about something. Horses. What is he on about? You okay there, bud? He has blimp opinions. He must share. He's got lots of blimp opinions. So to give you some examples of uh, names that I did not. Yeah? Boy, this is good audio. Poor little boy. You can cut it out. Yeah, I'll find a way. Uh, So to give you some examples of names that I did not use. Okay. uh, America. (laughs) Freedom. Mondays. Butthole. Uh, Yeah, actually. (laughs) Actually pretty close. Uh, so, so you can kind of expect that kind of quality from the average Goodyear blimp name, sure. if that gives you any sort of indication. America so, and freedom. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there was one. I'm trying to. I'm not going to look it up now because it's going to give it away. But there, there was one that had a name that was something along the lines of like my other car is also a blimp or something. <laughs> Blimpy McBlimpface. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> so, uh, so also known as the Sir David Attenborough. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference to Bodie McBoatface for our American friends who are not on the internet, apparently. Uh, so this week on Yu-Gi-Oh! or Not, we have either real Yu-Gi-Oh! cards or 
The Real official, blimps. The official names of Goodyear blimps. Wonderful. This is fun. Are you ready to play? I think so. Okay. Here we go. I will now read you the cards, and then you will determine which is which. Card number one, Stars and Stripes. Well, Stars and Stripes. Okay. I'll, I'll let you read them all before I start talking. Card number two, Wingfoot 2. That's Wingfoot, one word, T-W-O. Card number three, Spirit of Innovation. Spirit of Innovation. That's a Disneyland ride, I think. <laughs> Card number four, Spirit of the Breeze. Spirit of the Breeze. Card number five, Winged Egg of New Life. <laughs> Winged Egg of New Life. Crossover with the other podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, card number six is Tenderness. Oh, no. Tenderness. Mm-hmm. All right, that's six cards. Jimmy, you're welcome to help deliberate here. Unless you've been Googling Goodyear I Blimps. I was going to say, unless he's an expert <laughs> on Goodyear Blimps. All right. All right. Um, talk us talk us through your process here. Yeah, nobody really wants that, but I'll do it anyway. Uh, the, you have to use the mouse. Stars and Stripes really sounds like the other two that you told me about. Freedom and America. Okay. But you may be doing that to throw me off. That is true. I do do so that. So I'm going to come back to that one. Okay. Wingfoot 2. God, that this one is hard because... For on the one hand, I choose nonsense things to be Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and that usually works out for me. And this is a nonsense thing, but it really sounds like a racehorse. Like I would expect a racehorse to be called Wingfoot Two. And coming up on the left is Wingfoot Two. Wingfoot Two for the lead. So I'm rounding put the corner. Wingfoot Two as a blimp because okay, it's down several levels of being a racehorse. Yeah. Okay. Did that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lauren has typed a B for blimp. God. Spirit, because I forget what I've said after I say it. Uh, the spirit of innovation and spirit of the breeze. Um, <laughs> I feel like this is another trick wherein you would pick one to be a Yu-Gi-Oh card and one to be a blimp just to throw me off. Okay. I feel like that's something you would do. Uh huh. I like how you give me you, you give me a lot of credit. You think that I put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> I mean, um, I do, but not. Not this much. Mm, maybe I do. Maybe I do put this much thought into it. Hmm, who knows? Jimmy is editing the document. <laughs> Jimmy has changed the B to an emoji of a B. The emoji B. Okay. <laughs> not 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 an insect. Not the, the letter insect B. B. The emoji letter B. All right, I, I'm into it. Um. God, spirit of the breeze. You just want that to be a blimp, don't you? But I think that that's a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Okay. Lauren has written a Y for Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, and so therefore, the spirit of innovation must be a blimp. Okay. Going by my previous hypothesis. All right. And taking a sip of tea. Like how you're narrating all of my actions. And Wingfoot 2 is round in the corner. <laughs> Followed up closely by Spirit of the Breeze. Spirit of the Breeze coming in hot. Winged Egg of New Life. I love it. And I love it as a blimp name because it's so on the nose. And it just, I just love it. I love that collection of words together. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. It sounds um, like someone tried see the to like egg of new- translate blimp through like four different languages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's that deseering egg thing again. Deseering egg. 
winged egg of new life. And here we see the winged egg of new life lift into the sky. But the thing about that is that if it was a blimp, it couldn't have been a yacht. Because why would someone name a yacht that? Or a racehorse? Well, it is a racing yacht. For a yacht race. Winged egg, though. Egg of new life. Of new life, that has to be a Yu-Gi-Oh card. That one is nonsense enough for me to think that it's a Yu-Gi-Oh card. All right. Lauren has written another Y. I'm disappointed because Jimmy hasn't been going through these, changing them. Oh, you want me to I, change? As I write them. Change the B. I'll do it. <laughs> Unless you're just going to just do the one. Is there a Y but emoji? The y. I don't think there's a Y emoji, is there? All right, so Lorna's two cards audio. left, uh, um, Stars and Stripes yeah. and Tenderness. But see, now now the two Bs are on the top and the two Ys are towards the bottom. So have you done the I picked C too many times on my Scantron thing again? <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we did talk about that a lot last episode. <laughs> it's something I think about so much. Um, it makes me really anxious. Tenderness. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to go with my heart. I'm going to vote with my heart on heart this Heart of the one. cards. Heart, heart of the cards. Heart of the cards. Heart of the blimps. Heart of the blimps. Oh, my God. Winged egg of new life. The tenderness is a Yu-Gi-Oh card, and Stars and Stripes with the America theme that you read me earlier is a blimp. That's, I'm just going to go for it. All right. So There's really no consequences here. To recap your answers, Lauren, you have said that Stars and Stripes is a blimp, mm -hmm. Wingfoot 2 is a blimp, mm -hmm. Spirit of Innovation is a blimp, mm -hmm. Spirit of the Breeze is a Yu-Gi-Oh card, mm -hmm. Winged Egg of New Life is a Yu-Gi-Oh card, <laughs> and Tenderness is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. When you read them all out like this, it makes me really nervous. because Are these your final answers? I guess, yeah. Lauren, you have scored a perfect game. What? No. You are exactly 100% right. Stars and Stripes, are Wingfoot you 2, Spirit me? of Innovation are all good. Your blimps, Spirit of the Breeze, Winged Egg of New Life, and Tenderness are all Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Lauren, for the first are time you ever, you have scored me? a perfect game <gasps> in Yu-Gi or not. Congratulations. What? How do you feel? I'm speechless. What are you going to do next? I'd like to thank um, Jesus, and, of course, and my mom, um, and Pepper, and I'd like to thank the Winged Egg of New Life um, <laughs> for just always being there for me. <laughs> Everywhere you go, there is the Winged Egg of New Life. It is. It's breathing, gonna be breathing there. hope and harmony in your It's going to be there days. in my heart forever now. Join my cult. <laughs> <laughs> that is a cult I would join. The cult of the Winged Church Egg of the Winged of Egg of New Life. life. Yeah, the Winged Egg of New Life. I like how we are automatically pronouncing it winged and not winged. Winged. Winged egg. Anyway, I am proud of myself. I'm proud of you too. Thank you. You did a good job. I overcame my fears. I voted with my heart. I didn't second guess myself. Um, so yeah, it's just this is a big win for me today. All right, well... Thank you, everybody, for listening to the last episode of UV or Not. No, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We'll do it again next week. Uh, all right. Well, congratulations, Lord. I'm That's really amazing. proud of you. Thank you did it. You. you did it perfect. Thank you. I did do it perfect. Uh, Jimmy, have you been looking up other blimp names because they do get uh, rough and wild? Uh, I do have some blimp trivia I would like to share. All right. Oh. Hit me with it. In 1983, the city of Redondo Beach, California 
adopted Resolution 6252, recognizing the Goodyear airship Columbia as the official bird of Redondo Beach. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very... Classic. um, Have you been watching, uh, uh, or rather, did you watch uh, The Good Place? Uh, I'm not up to date, no. It's it's very Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Was that it? Was there more? Uh, I'm looking at other blimp names. Uh, Puritan, Defender, mm. Volunteer, Great. Mayflower again, The Rainbow. <laughs> Wait, Mayflower yes. or Mayflower again? <laughs> oh, Mayflower again would be a very good blimp name. Mayflower too. I love it. Neppon uh, but yeah, the, the pil- Mayflower too, the pilgrimage. There's a lot of like spirit, yeah, spirit of, of good year, spirit yeah. of innovation, spirit of safety. No one wants to spirit mm. of Akron. No one wants to be on the coup. Spirit of safety, bunch of nerds. Oh God. Spirit of Europe. Yeah, or extreme foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not foreshadowing if it came out after the disaster. <laughs> <laughs> this is our new blimp. Never... The don't blow up our blimp. Blimp. <laughs> The definitely not fiery explosion blimp. <laughs> um, I never realized there were so many blimps that blimps were like a thing. I thought that they were just like we just got rid of them at one after the explosion. Like, took them out back. No, just sent, sent the just blimps like, upstate to I the farm. There was like you know like five or six blimps, and then the Hindenburg exploded, and everyone was like, "Oh yeah, these are bad ideas." See, how many act- and no, this didn't do them anymore. Blimps are a thing. Yeah, I didn't know that. There's a lot of blimps in the world. I didn't know that. We were talking about um, the Airlander. Did you did you see the pictures while I was looking no. at the Airlander? It's a chonky boy. Uh, so the it's a chonky boy. Um, the Airlander ten. Uh, it's a British blimp. It's the largest blimp in the world. Uh, and I'm going to show it to you here in a moment. It is called the Skybum. Skybum? <laughs> you haven't seen it yet. I haven't. <laughs> it is a Skybum. Wow. Hey, look at that. Look at that big floating bum. It is just a bum, isn't it? It's so weird because the... Um, the part where the people go is underneath and it it seems so space inefficient like you need such a big balloon for such a tiny little cabin yep well in the days of rigid airships the cabin would just kind of go like inside the balloon so you'd have like the little dinky Mm -hmm. cabin out in front but like the rest of like the passengers would be inside crazy um also i'd like to say that the article that tyler pulled up with a giant photo of the space bum is called world's longest aircraft to get longer (laughs) yep (laughs) bbc.co.uk airlander 10 colon world's longest aircraft to get longer we gotta build a bigger bum (laughs) (laughs) nothing more british than building a bigger bum Oh, just look at Boris Johnson. Anyway, moving on hey, uh, to him. the next segment <laughs> in, our, in our show. Uh, we are going to close the show out as we do every week by pitting two of the monsters from season two against each other in an ultimate fat battle to the finish. Uh, we come to it's time for the monster bracket. This week, we are pitting Worm Drake versus Vorse Raider. Wait. 
I'm sorry. We've moved on. Yes. I can we please look at winged egg? I literally life? just looked it up. I am dropping it in the chat. If I can find I'm it. I'm so just, sorry. <laughs> All right, we that are postponing. Really good. Thank you. We're postponing the monster bracket I briefly to look at Winged Egg. I can't stop thinking about Winged Egg. <laughs> Lauren, I hate to break this to you. You will never be able to stop oh, thinking of Winged Egg no. in your life. It is stuck with you oh, now. Oh, it is stuck with me. Oh my God, I love it. It's literally it exactly is... what it says. Yeah, dis- I need, I need between the two of you, describe this because I am lacking the words. A pink egg in the sky. Uh-huh. It's got wings. With... Wings, yeah, yeah. Does it have wings, or does the thing inside oh, of it gosh. have wings? It's winged egg, not winged chicken or whatever winged is Winged egg. There. Not winged new life inside of egg. It's just a winged egg. Um, It looks, they look like teeth. The shell is breaking open, and it looks like teeth. Oh, a little bit, yeah. Does. Um, But I think that they are just fragments, shell fragments and cracks. Yeah, that 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 seems to be the vibe. The egg itself isn't going anywhere, though. No. No, which is, they seem the so the fragments are like floating around a sort of there seems to be like a glowing nucleus of yeah. some kind inside the egg. Yeah. Uh, I just pulled up a render of how it looks in one of the Yu-Gi-Oh games, and okay. it's a little different. It looks like right. the egg itself oh. is the creature. Oh, crazy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. The egg is the whole boy. It has a lovely ombre effect on the wings. Golden wings with little blue teal tips. I love how you got so calm while looking Mm, at it. It's it's that new life that's being cultivated. Tyler, let the winged egg into your life. How when you say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good, thanks. I'm okay. The wing, wing it, the wing it egg will make sure you're okay. No, I'm I'm all right. I'm fine. Let's move on. This is making me uncomfortable now. Hold up. Uh, Hold up. Yeah. I just googled right. tenderness. Okay. You are not prepared. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot about tenderness. Tenderness, to see tenderness is <laughs> tenderness is something else. Hey. All right. Here it is. Oh, God. Oh, it's me, tenderness. I've got hearts on me. Woo-hoo. What's wrong with it? What's that on its head? It looks like a It's tongue. a heart. Uh, it's a heart. Oh. But from this, from it's a it's a thick heart, so it does kind of look oh. like a tongue. Um, yeah, so tenderness. Um, I'm trying to remember the other cards. The, this is one of the cards that Taya has in her deck. Yeah. Um, it's tenderness. It's... I want to say like peace, love, and harmony, but I know that's not right. Uh, shining friendship is one of the other cards. Live, laugh, it's love. Like, <laughs> live, 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 laugh, love. Yeah. Uh, shining, shining friendship is the other one that's like the green version of this. Um, the in-game description yeah. of this in one of the Yu-Gi-Oh games is an adorable fairy that celebrates the gift of love. Cool. It's uh, Kirby on an acid trip. Yep. Just yep. a perfectly spherical pink fairy guy. With four wings. That's it. All right, are, are we? Let's go. Yeah, are we are we actually we're actually, we're actually done. done. Sorry. We're good. I'm sorry. Now, do, do we want to look up a picture of Wingfoot too? 
Let's see this blimp. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fine. Let's look up Wingfoot too. It's gonna look like a like a Goodyear blimp. I'm gonna tell you that right yep, now. Yep. That's a blimp. That's <laughs> a blimp, all right. What makes it a Goodyear blimp? Like, what is? Why is a Goodyear blimp different than other blimps? Uh, it's owned by Goodyear. What's it do, though? What's its purpose? Uh, what's its purpose? It's to be a blimp, Lauren. <laughs> um, no, so so Goodyear blimps are mostly just for advertising. Just giant. Yeah, they're just giant ads for Goodyear. And they basically, park themselves mm-hmm. over like sporting events uh, as blimp-mounted cameras. Oh, okay. So you can get like those gorgeous wide shots of like everyone streaming into the the stadium and that sort of thing. Gotcha. I, I do remember feeling like as a kid, I I went to minor league baseball games as a kid. That was a thing I liked doing. And I do remember like every time I saw a Goodyear blimp outside a game, I felt like it was like a symbol of good luck somehow. You're going to have in retrospect- a good year. Yeah, right. Like it has that sort of good feeling to it, but I, in retrospect, I don't know who I thought it was good luck for. Just in general, like I guess just kind of, yeah, just general good vibes. The good, not you specifically. Hello. No, no, no. Like for the for the game. Welcome. Good luck oh. for the game. Welcome to the good vibes. Pure. I'm the winged egg of new life. <laughs> the good your blimp they'll be serving you this evening. All aboard the good vibes blimp. Oh god, the good vibes blimp means something very different. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Can we please move yes. on? <laughs> it's time for the monster bracket. Vorse Raider, Worm Drake. Get into it. All right. Both these boys have bad looks. <laughs> I hate them. Golly. Vorse Raider. Yeah. Vorse Raider is a a buff dude. Vorse Raider looks. I think I said this last time we saw Vorse Raider, but he looks like he belongs on a pog. Absolutely, mm. he does. Vorse Raider is quintessential pog. This material. is insanely nineties. Uh, he looks like he would be. Do you ever play Warcraft Two? Yeah, yeah, I played some Warcraft. Did you ever too. read the manuals and like look at all the art of the orcs? <laughs> Of the, like this, like the read. lore that they had, because this guy looks no, like I, I didn't the the super gory like original illustrations of what the orcs looked like in Warcraft Two. Oh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I could see it. He's got like um, I think I think really the most important thing for me in Warstrader is the helmet, mm-hmm. which looks like a spider's head. Like it has big purple mm-hmm. eyes, but then it's got one spike out the front, like the the nose bit. And then two big old spikes that sort of curve downward out of either it's side. It's the tricorn hat of spider heads. It is. It mm. absolutely is. I try to figure and that out. That makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I like it. I'm trying to figure out what the heck would. is up with the rest of his outfit. Just all the spheres. It's. Is it spider eyes? I know what it is. Well, I don't know what the I don't know what the spheres are, but I know what the look is. Mm. So Lauren and I recently got done watching the show uh, Next in Fashion on Netflix. It's really good. It's really good. It's Tan France and Alexa Chung hosting a fashion competition show, very like Project Runway. Uh, but there are these two guys, Ashton and Marco, mm-hmm. who are uh, uh, they do a lot of design that incorporates like kink and BDSM and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, so there's a lot of like 
vests and harnesses and like chains. Mm-hmm. This is one of their outfits. This guy definitely is a, like a leather daddy. Could be. Yeah, could be. They have better use of color than this. Well, yeah, oh yeah, okay. Fine, fine, fine. The color is bad. The colors are teal, black and purple. And they do not go. No. They do not go. Especially they don't go with his like green skin. Yeah. Yellow skin color. Well, it's like Jimmy said, he's an orc. It's like yeah, generic like... sort of evil sort of look. Yeah. Look at me. I am generic bad guy number one. It looks like. Uh, so I want to read the. It looks like the interior of Ganondorf's castle in uh, Ocarina of Time. <laughs> oh, he does. Where it's just kind of like so, spooky and like like weird green spikes everywhere. I got excited for a second because I saw that there was alter- alternate art for Vorse Raider and it's just the same dude in a different pose. Yeah. It's not good at all. So do, the card yes, text for Vorse Raider. Read his card text. <laughs> so Vorse Raider is a beast warrior with 1900 attack and 1200 defense. Beast uh, the card text says, this wicked beast warrior does every horrid thing imaginable and loves it. His axe bears the marks of his countless victims. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He loves it. I'm loving it. Hmm. He, he loves, loves it. it. He, looks like, he looks like he loves it. Hey, Mikey, he likes it. <laughs> yeah. Every horrid thing imaginable. <laughs> he loves pillaging. He loves looting. <laughs> he loves murder. He's wicked. <laughs> He loves being a billionaire. Uh, so, speaking of horrible things. Sorry, putting Pepper down again to see if he does not whine at us. Uh, all right. Speaking of horrible things, let's look at Worm Drake. Worm Drake is a, 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 big, a big worm. Yep. Um, I love him. A big green He's great. worm with yellow armor? Picture like a really cool worm. <laughs> like a really cool, like, awesome. Not, not your dad's worm. Rad worm. This Gnarly is a cool rad worm. worm. Like the John Ham of worms. John Ham. <laughs> yeah, he's cool, right? Yeah. Imagine if he was a worm. This is not the John Hamm of worms. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, 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 big green worm, yellow armor, red spikes coming out of the. This the is armor. like the Metallica of worms. Oh, there you go. Okay, okay. Um, Lauren, mm-hmm. where is its eyes? So it has multiple mouths. It seems like it has at least two mouths. Wait. Um. Wait. Where? How? Right. Point, show me on the doll where the mouths are. Isn't this a, a mouth and this a mouth? And then the eyes I, are to either side of it. I was reading that as one mouth and this mm. is coming out. Oh, the ma- the eyeball comes out of the, the middle. The eyeball is yeah, coming out it's of the pulling, mouth. It's pulling like a xenomorph here where the mouth is open and then this mm. tube sort of telescopes out revealing the eyeball. Mm. I think I mentioned this um, before, but I finally found uh-huh. what I was talking about, what this guy looks like. He looks like the 1994-1995 okay. McDonald's Happy Meal toy attack pack lunar what? launcher. How did you remember this? This is one of my favorite toys as a kid because of how fucking weird it is. It's a spaceship where the front opened up and the inside of the spaceship was a mouth with an eyeball inside. 
Jimmy, you're not sending us pictures fast enough. Yeah, seriously. All right, here we go. Jimmy, one of the many reasons that we're friends is just the weird fucking way that your brain works. <laughs> Whoa, That's the same thing, you're right. right. Oh, it's a spaceship? Yeah, the attack pack, as I understand it, was this group of, like, toys that are ostensibly vehicles, but then they open up and they're creatures? I think? Hmm. Transformers, flesh monsters in disguise. See if I can look. Yeah, at it's like a, it's got like a fleshy mouth with mm-hmm. human teeth, mm-hmm. but it's a spaceship thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other toys in the set were all. Ugh, this one's even worse somehow. But they're all these. All of these could be Yu-Gi-Oh uh, cards. Here's the plane that opens up, and it's also. <gasps> I had this. I had this. Oh my god, I had this one. <laughs> Whoa, this just triggered a weird like sense memory for me. Holy Whoa, shit. That one's cool. I had this exact toy as a child. Oh my god, how did I forget about this until this that very moment? That one's really cool. It's such a weird mouth. Apparently, it's a it Here's a shot of all of them. It came out at the same time as Polly Pockets. Yes. Oh, I Wow, these. my I sister I remember my sister got the Polly Pocket uh uh thing. Uh, and then I got the the plane. It was a camo plane where the whole top of the half of the plane lifts up, revealing a long tongue and a, and an eyes. Holy wow! I God, cannot these believe are disturbing. they are so upsetting. Aren't they so? I cannot believe crazy that they gave these 90s. to children. I love it. Yeah, it was so weird. It does not does not need to exist. My my mind is like I am remembering whole parts of my childhood all of a sudden. Uh-oh. This like opened up a thing for me. We we have to end the podcast there, to, I guess. Alright, I gotta call my therapist. Um I found some fan art of your plane. Oh, really? Attack oh! pack battle bird. Oh, wow. I love this. Wow, that is very good fan art. That's really good fan art. That's super this is like uh like a Pixar. Yeah. Huh. All right. So anyway, so so yes, that is what Worm Drake looks like. The card text on Worm Drake. Mm. Worm Drake is a level four reptile monster with fourteen hundred attack and fifteen hundred defense, and it says, "Once this monster wraps itself around a victim, there is no escape." There is no escape. Oh. Once this monster wraps itself around a victim, there is no escape, and he likes it. <laughs> and he likes it. <laughs> Just a big spooky worm. Okay, friends, how are we feeling about this? Worm. Honestly. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's, fast. Mm-hmm. I feel like Vorse Raider has a very specific aesthetic, but it's one that's commonly seen. Worm Drake yeah, it's sort of generic. is doing its own thing. It's this like gross, vermicious, <laughs> canid-looking motherfucker. But the armor gives it a certain look that we don't really see. A, a certain je ne sais quoi. <laughs> I also and I really enjoy its I, eyeball I, coming out of its mouth. That reminded me of me too, a nostalgic me too. toy from my childhood. <laughs> None of us have mentioned that it is also wreathed in. Oh yeah! Flame. Also, this worm is yeah. on fire. Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> this worm is on fire. Which I like because when you're just flipping through the two like that, it's mm-hmm. so much more like I don't know, alive. It feels more lively. Yeah, it feels like a character as opposed yeah. to a uh, deviant art throwaway. Yeah. yeah, he's actually like about to do something. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, I'm looking at the characters that have uh, used Vorse Raider. They're all characters that I do not like. Uh, Vorse Raider is used by Seto Kaiba, Chaz Princeton, Bastion Misawa, and Kellen Kessler. Chaz. Chaz. My name's Chaz Princeton. But we only get to see... Uh, Kellen Kessler is maybe the coolest out of the bunch. We only get to see Worm Drake once. It is used by strings. It's a it's a it's a unique boy, used by a unique boy, the mime duelist strings. Yep. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Worm Drake just because of its uniqueness. Um, it's charisma, <laughs> it's nerve, and talent. Nerve and talent. That's a drag race joke. Oh, okay. Jimmy. Drag race. <laughs> I just realized. I realized right after we said it. I, I don't know if you've seen that show. Jimmy, you should get into Drag Race. Yeah, it's really good. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> you know, you'd enjoy it. Uh, okay, are we thinking Worm Drake then? I'm thinking Worm Drake. I don't know. Do you have a dissenting yeah, opinion Drake. that you would like to share no. with the court? I, I don't like Worm Drake is the thing. I don't like looking at it. But also, like, Jinzo and Keys attire are still in this fucking race, so I can't use that as a metric. <laughs> but you don't have any strong feelings one way or the other about Force Raider. No, Force Raider is kind of just a nothing for me. Okay. Force Raider's uh That's fair Force Raider's a Yeah. What does Force mean? What does Force mean? Force Yu-Gi-Oh, let's find out. Is it is it sounds like rating? just a nonsense word like Vorpal. Vorpal. What's your niece's name? Torpal. <laughs> That's not a name. Force Raider. <laughs> Uh, the only other thing I can find is there's another call card called Kaiser Vorse Raider. Wow. Um. Yeah, Vorse is kind of just nothing, and he loves it. He loves it. He does every horrid thing imaginable. All right. Well, and let's. He loves it. <laughs> let's give this battle then. To the Worm Drake. Worm Drake, congratulations. You are moving on to the next round of the Battle City Monster Bracket. <sighs> that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, I'd like to remind everybody, hey, we make this show for free. Go, please spend your money in places that can use it. Planned Parenthood is one of those places that can use those money right now. I'm going to shout them out this week. Go and donate to Planned Parenthood if you will. Hey, you know what would really piss off the the people the, the people in the, in the, the government man. that we don't like? Go donate to Planned Parenthood in Mike Pence's name. <laughs> Aww. Just, you know, just... just He, he would just, be very I, concerned I want, about that. I want, would be. I want that man to get the mail one day and to hand the mail to his wife and get permission to open it. <laughs> and then to open it up and for it to be a thank you letter from Planned Parenthood saying, hey, thanks for all this money. <laughs> and then he sheds that a would single tear. really nice, wouldn't it? He would furrow his brow. So... Go and use the resources that you have for the good of others because that is what we're here for in the end. Uh, next week, Jimmy, we are going to be talking about... Uh, well, I want to get your opinion on this. We're going to be talking about either one or several episodes. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> because coming up next is a three-parter. Uh, it's a three-parter titled... Let me find it here. The Dark Spirit Revealed, Yugi versus Bakura. Ooh. Uh, so it's a duel mm-hmm. between, yeah, it's the final, I'm assuming 
<laughs> yeah, right. It's one of the, one of the finals. Uh, it's it's Yugi versus Bakura. I'm assuming based on the title. I'm I'm guessing a dark spirit gets revealed. I can see one of the thumbnails has many eyeballs floating in space. Excellent. Um, do we want to try and tackle these one at a time, or do we think that we can tackle a three parter in one go? I kind of want to do it all in one go, but also that would mean having to sit and watch three in a row. So I'm not. Yeah. I, I I'm looking at my work schedule next week and i'm not sure when i would have time to do all that because it's kind of tedious i guess i could do it well let's let's do this then here's my here's my other plan with the way that three parters go i think that we can do the first one as a standalone and then the following week do parts two and three you know what because if we've learned anything from Yu-Gi-Oh! multi-parters part two is meaningless (laughs) (laughs) that's very true i think that's a a good compromise let's try that all right, so next week we'll be doing uh, Season 2, Episode 33, The Dark Spirit Revealed, colon, Yami versus Bakura, colon, Part 1. And that is it. And I will have ascended into the ether uh, following my perfect performance tonight on Yugi or Not, so. <laughs> Perhaps someday it. in the future she will return to grace us with her absolute knowledge. Oh. If you would like Limp to challenge horses. <laughs> if you would like to challenge Lauren's knowledge of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, please send My supreme wisdom. Send us things that sound like Yu-Gi-Oh cards to our email, you you activated my podcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at yampod, that's y a m p o d. Uh, go to our website heartofthe.cards. Uh, and go listen to our other podcast that Lauren and I do, Egg Centric. It's a podcast mm-hmm. about egg on Twitter or egg hyphen centric anywhere that fine podcasts are sold. And also, um, just remember the winged egg of new life is always there for you. You too can have new life if you give it to the egg. It's always there to support your problems. Until next time. I'll kick your brainwashing keister. <laughs>